Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. Today is Friday, May 6th. Coming up, how removing safe space signs from a Missouri school district could affect LGBTQ students. But first, some headlines. Organizations that help fund abortions in Kansas and Missouri are seeing an influx of donations following the news the U.S. Supreme Court might overturn Roe v. Wade. The Missouri Abortion Fund says it received $166,000 in donations this week. And the Kansas Abortion Fund received $12,000 over a 24-hour period, according to a spokesperson. Both groups are members of the National Network of Abortion Funds. Sandy Brown, president of the Kansas Abortion Fund, said the nonprofit will remain a service to anyone in need. We are continuing today to provide funding for Kansas residents who are in need financially. We continue to do that every single day until we hear otherwise. Kansas voters will decide in August whether to approve an amendment to the state constitution that would remove the right to an abortion. Republican Missouri Governor Mike Parson this week argued that the state is pro-life. However, polling suggests Missourians are actually nearly split on the topic of abortion. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. Polling shows that 49 percent of Missouri residents support legal abortion in most cases, while 45 percent want abortion to be illegal. That's according to polling conducted by the Public Religion Research Institute in 2018, the most recent year that statewide data is available. CEO Robert Jones explains that Missouri's views on abortion place it roughly in the middle among states. It positions it fairly in line with the rest of the Midwest, but, uh, but certainly more conservative um, on the issue Uh, compared to the rest of the nation. If Roe v. Wade were overturned, a Missouri law would automatically ban almost all abortions in the state. Nationally, 61 percent of Americans want the Roe v. Wade decision to remain in place, while 36 percent want the decision overturned. A Kansas foster child was found dead in Kansas City, Kansas, days after running away from state custody. Blaise Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports the state's foster care system has long been troubled. 15-year-old Ace Scott ran away from state foster care contractor Cornerstones of Care in mid-April. The Kansas City Star reported that Ace was admitted to the hospital before running away and had run away before. The Kansas News Service requested documents relating to Ace, but those requests were denied because there was an ongoing police investigation. Department for Children and Family Secretary Laura Howard called the death a tragedy. Howard says in a statement that the department is working to improve its systems to prevent future problems. Missouri lawmakers have a tight deadline to take one last stab at redrawing congressional districts. Jason Rosenbaum has more. Republicans have struggled for months to revamp Missouri's eight congressional districts. A new plan moving through the House would split Jefferson County into two districts and place all of Franklin County and parts of Warren County into the competitive second district. If lawmakers fail to pass a map before session adjourns on May 13th, federal courts will likely be tasked with coming up with a congressional redistricting plan. The Kansas City Council unanimously approved new policies yesterday for businesses to set up outdoor dining spaces. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. 
businesses that want to set up a sidewalk or street cafe must pay a $250 permit fee and a $600 annual licensing fee. The fees go into effect on May 15th. Applicants must give neighboring tenants 30 days to provide feedback. The new policies come after the city waived some fees and restrictions for outdoor dining permits during the COVID-19 pandemic. 81 permits for sidewalk and street cafes were approved during that time. This weekend marks the 100th year celebrating a Mexican tradition in Kansas City's West Side neighborhood. KCUR's Luke Martin reports. Cinco de Mayo marks the Mexican defeat of French troops in 1862. Latinos in KC have been celebrating with music, food, and fun since at least 1922. It was simple and featured mariachi bands, dance groups, and traditional Mexican food. Alex Bartram is vice president of Guadalupe Centers, which is putting on this year's event featuring much of the same, and then some, including local vendors and a climbing wall. It's also the first time back in full force since the pandemic. Everybody seems to be really excited to come back together and celebrate. Celebrations are Friday and Saturday along Avenida Cesar Chavez. Expect road closures. Teachers and administrators in Grain Valley schools have been told they must remove signs that designate their classroom as a safe space for LGBTQ students. The school board made the decision without consulting the community, stating it wanted every part of schools to be a safe space, not just certain classrooms. But for LGBTQ kids, these signs can be deeply reassuring and let them know they have a supportive adult in their lives. Those feelings were evident when dozens of parents and students protested the board decision. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to Tara Powell, mother of a Grain Valley student, and Justice Horn, activist, political candidate, and former Grain Valley student, about the experiences of LGBTQ kids in the district. Here's an excerpt of their conversation from Up to Date, edited for length. Tara, what was your first reaction when you heard about this uh, decision? I was shocked. I just didn't quite understand why they thought that was necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, The more I kind of let it sink in, I became angry. I think that kids feeling safe at school, that's just a basic human right. Mm -hmm. And kids should feel accepted regardless of their sexual orientation. But at our school particularly, there are a lot of kids that are closeted or that don't have anyone to talk to. They don't have the support system at home. And so these stickers show a sign that they have someone they can talk to. There's somebody that is just going to be there and listen to them and give them a safe place to be themselves. Why did the school board even take up this matter at this time? Was something going on inside the district that led the board to this moment? Recently, we have um, had an election and we have some new members on the school board. Um, And from what I'm hearing, this has been an issue that they wanted to tackle and they didn't have enough votes. Now, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure, but that's what I've heard. So what are you hearing from other parents? A lot of other parents are upset as well. They feel like this is something that should have been discussed before it was done. It's something that should have been voted on publicly um, in a meeting rather than just uh, dictated and sent down as this is the final answer. So have the signs actually been taken down? Because what I'm reading is that many teachers are saying, I'm not taking my sign down. A lot of the teachers have not taken them down. I don't know if they're going to have recourse for that, but it's definitely showing a sign to the 
queer students at school that we're still here. We still care about you. Your own child is a student at the school. What did she have to say about this when it when it happened and what the response was at school? She was very upset. She was very hurt. She's the student body president. Mm. She does her very best to make a climate where anyone can talk, where they can, you know, even speak to her. Because there are a lot of kids that are closeted at school. Our environment that we live in is just not very supportive of queer lifestyle or just, you know, being being queer. So she was she was very disheartened. Now, she's a senior. She only has a few weeks of school left. And she said to me, part of me, you know, I just don't have it in me to fight for it. Part of me, I just, I don't, I've just seen this hate go on for so long that I don't have it in me to fight. And then she said, mom, I decided I really want to, to speak up and do something because I think about the kids that are coming after me. I think about the kids that don't have anyone and I want to speak up and be their voice. Tara, you just used the word uh, hate. Is that the feeling, the, the atmosphere when it comes to how many of the students in Grain Valley feel about LGBTQ students? Unfortunately, I believe so. There are just so many, there's so many things that my daughter has told me and also my son, who is a student there. They've both told me that um, things they hear in the halls, things that are on social media, I've seen messages that would just make you sick. And it's, it's very dehumanizing, to be honest. It's hard to hear. It is. There was a protest outside the school after this decision came down. How did that come together and what happened at that protest? Um, We had members of our community uh, that kind of organized it, sent it to me on Facebook. And, you know, we were excited to come. Some of my family also came and showed support. I think we really had a decent turnout and it went really well. There were people that drove by and yelled some hateful things. Um people that drove by and revved up their big trucks and, you know, blew black smoke all over everybody. But honestly, there was more support, more people honking and waving. So that was very positive. And that that gave us some hope to see that there are people that care. There are people that are that are fair. How has the school responded to all this controversy in the wake of the board's ruling? And what have what have administrators said to teachers who are still keeping those signs up in their classrooms, those welcoming signs? Um, I'm not sure anything that's been said between teachers and administration. They did send out an email saying that they would have listening sessions, and I haven't heard anything since then. So you don't know when those are going to be? I do not. How important is it for the school to conduct those listening sessions in the wake of all this? I think it's extremely important, and I think it's important that they do it face-to-face. I don't think it should be done by sending out an anonymous survey. I think that the school board and the administration needs to see these students. They need to see these parents. They need to see them face-to-face and realize that these steps that they think are not a big step that they're taking, they are hurting people's mental health. I want to bring in another uh, guest now, Justice Horn, who's an activist, a political candidate, and a former Grain Valley student himself. First off, if you would, tell us about your own experience as an LGBTQ student while you were at Grain Valley. So around my, uh, I went to the and attended the Grain Valley School District in my elementary and middle school years. I specifically went to Grain Valley South Middle School. How many years ago are we talking? About 10 or 11 years. Yeah. You know, definitely one 
that I struggle with still to this day from being bullied because of my sexual orientation, my mm. race, um, as well as, you know, I was just different from the Grain Valley community then. At the time, you count people of color on your two hands then. Grain Valley was not diverse. You know, it drove me so much that I felt alone that I even attempted to, you know, take my own life. Mm. And that is when, you know, my parents decided to take me out of the district and even seeing the Safe Space stickers become an issue really brought up, you know, a lot of former trauma of mine. And why I decided to speak out is because to a lot of students, you know, this may seem like a sticker, but to a lot of queer students, this is their world. Mm -hmm. And it means a lot. I was going to say, why do those stickers mean so much? Because when you look at not only the climate as well as the community, I mean, there's not a lot of LGBT resources there. So this is really the only safety net for queer students in that district. Um, So not only taking that away, um, but creating an environment that is non-inclusive and a hostile environment for queer students now. So your parents took you out of Grain Valley. They moved you to Blue Springs Uh to get away from that atmosphere of justice. How did things change once you made that transition to a different school district? Well, Blue Springs School District was seen as a more diverse school district, and, you know, there were a lot more queer students. So I did feel more at home as well as feeling like I could grow into the individual I was. Um, And, you know, I, you know, grew into the person I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a, a proud queer black man who is, you know, continuously doing work in this space. So what was your first reaction when you heard about the removal of the safe space signs in your old district in Grain Valley? Yeah, and, you know, my first reaction was just one of trauma. I mean, it's it's, it's a part of my life I don't share with a lot of people because, you know, no matter where I am in my life, there was a point in my life where I felt that being gone from this earth was better than existing. You know, it's really tough, and that's initially what I thought, but why I decided to speak up is because I didn't want to continue the cycle and have a queer student from Grain Valley or a student that formerly went to Grain Valley to hold that pain and that trauma with them. And you've actually done some work over Uh the years uh, in more rural districts Uh like Grain Valley just to reach out to those students and connect with them going forward. Yeah, because it's, you know, I wish I would have had that if I Mm -hmm. had, you know, parents that are stepping up or teachers or ministers who are stepping up in Grain Valley, even against this hate, showing that, you know, I'm here for you, I'm fighting for you, and that's powerful. And, you know, it's something I wish I had, and that's something I'm going to guarantee that the youth coming up have as we continue to see this both nationally and at state level, just the targeting of queer students. So what needs to happen next, in your view, as we wrap up here? Just uh, putting the stickers back up at this point doesn't seem to be enough. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're seeing this across the metro where we're having school boards make decisions and get pushback. And you can even think here recently with the North Kansas City School District, they banned all the LGBT books, got pushback and got sued by the ACL Missouri and immediately instated them back. I think there will always be a known factor to students that their school leadership in some way tried to erase them, um, even if they put the stickers back. So I think first a policy needs to be rescinded as well as a formal apology as well as I have to agree with uh, Tara on this, uh, Tara on this, um, that there needs to be diversity and inclusion training uh, because there is fear of the unknown. And a lot of people who champion anti-LGBTQ legislation 
uh, specifically anti-trans legislation, have never, ever interacted with a trans individual. And it's seen as something that never touches their life. So I think there's fear of the unknown, and it also produces ignorance. So I think the only way to combat that is education and training. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to Tara Powell and Justice Horn. You can hear an unedited version of their conversation on Up to Date at KCUR.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station at kcur.org. On Monday, we'll take a look at what's happening now that the Missouri legislative session is winding down. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.